Yet, how can I calculate rate of return or return on investment on time? Okay, can't be done the same way we calculate on money or investing in real estate. So it's a little bit confusing, actually, and that's why we decided to risk it all. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Risk it all on this episode of Life's Inside Track because we're excited to welcome you to another episode. I'm Yetta Decker. I'm Ken Decker. Where we get to share techniques, thoughts, tools, ideas, even some truths that maybe we haven't considered before that we all need. We all deserve. You, I, everyone. So we can turn our house into home where our families thrive and we live the best life possible. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to learn is that as we're thinking about investing time, it's a much bigger conversation than investing dollars. It might be, but I always did that like for my pretty much my whole life. I, I think I had um, a job in university where I got paid by the hour, but for the majority of my life, I worked for results. I was on commission. When I was selling electronics, I was uh, working for tips when I was serving, you know, in a restaurant. When you were like starting at like nine or 10. Yeah. When you were chambermaiding and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, when you were doing that kind of work, you just, you're working per hour. But most of it, I was giving a result. So I was very conscious of the result I was giving in the amount of time it took because then I'd get more money per hour. Right. So so what's interesting about that is that is still a conversation of time for money. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And I know often you've thought, hey, that's not the same conversation. It's the same conversation. It just often can work out to a higher hourly rate. But as you just said, you calculated it back to figure out what you got per hour. Yes. So that's not what we're talking about here. Really? But if I get more per hour, then I can work less and have more hours left over. Okay. So sure. That's great. As long <laughs> as you then don't spend more. And yet ultimately what we're chatting about here is that all our time, all the time, we're investing our time into something. All our time. How many minutes do we have? 1,440 minutes a day. And we've covered this on some of the other segments, and yet this is a slight that's different a full day, like twenty-four hours. Yeah, that's not, twenty-four not hours. Like... So most of us have about a thousand minutes left after we sleep, and then depending on how much time you choose to eat, take to eat, prepare yourself, get dressed, do do what you need to do for yourself, and then you add your work day. Most of us end up with two, three hundred minutes that are a little more. Um, subjective as to what we do with them. Yeah, discretionary minutes. More discretionary minutes, exactly. And so it's that all those minutes, though, how we use them, because if I don't take enough minutes to sleep, although I'll have more minutes available, I may be an, unable to invest my time I have left being present with you 
or being present with the grandkids. You mean I might be nodding off. Right. The the, the head bob thing. <laughs> and you used to do that a lot. Yeah. Right? And so it isn't even just about waking minutes. It's about how are we getting benefit? How are others getting benefit from all of our minutes? Because we all have the same number. We all got the 1440, mm-hmm. right? Every single day. And so we can't not invest our time. The question is, are we investing it wisely? What are we investing our time in? Right. <clears throat> so let's say I decide I want to invest my time in relaxing and just sitting on the couch and holding your hand. Right. From time to time, that's a lovely thing because your primary love language is touch. So that would feel like a very worthy investment of time. So if I choose to do it, Mm -hmm. it can be a good return on investment, right? Mm -hmm. And if I just go on autopilot and do that all the time, all my 300s every day that I have discretionary, then that might not be, I might not get a good rate of Return, return on, on the investment. And so it's, mm-hmm. we can't calculate it like we do money return, but we can calculate it based on what are our relationships like? Do we feel rested when we wake up in the morning? Does the food that we're consuming, which takes time to prepare, is it fueling our body so that we have energy to be able to say, take the grandkids fishing mm-hmm. or energy be able to actually be available for you when we're doing a consultation? When we're face-to-face with you, do you feel us over here somewhere else? Because as we've said before, we're always present. It's just where are we present? Are we present where we are or present elsewhere? So sometimes or multiple times we have decision points as to what we're going to invest our time in. Right. Right. And sometimes they're two good things, but what's best? You know, like I was going to go to a men's retreat Mm. or go on a fishing trip. And in this particular season, I prayed about it, and it was take the grandkids and my son fishing on the fishing trip. Even though it's it's not spiritual, it's not, you know, it may not be helping men discover God and, and come to faith. And yet this particular time, I felt the Lord saying, pour into your children. Kind Make of, an effect right. there. Get a, a right. rate of return. On your kids and right. your grandkids. Which is fantastic. Yeah. So the investor's journey is about deciding where you're going to invest this time or maybe the mm. next time. Because 95% of all we do, I mean, I've heard different stats, but we'll stick with 95 because it's a lovely number. 95% of the time we just go on autopilot. So it's like it's investing by default. So many of us invest by default. Mm-hmm. rather than invest with intention. So where are you this very day to invest your time? Is it to pick up the phone and call somebody you haven't connected with for a while? Is it somebody you've connected with every day, but you know that it would surprise them and delight them to have an extra phone call? Is it investing in writing a note to somebody because you know it will lift their spirits? Yeah, hold on a second here. Because sometimes... I love you talking about writing notes because that's one of the things you've committed to is to Mm -hmm. write a certain number of notes per week. And you don't always see a return on investment because not only is there a time investment, 
Because you're you're writing how many cards a day well, on it average? Depends. Two, Sometimes three, none. four. Yeah. Yeah, but on average, it's going to work out of two, three, four cards, and then you got the cost of mailing, the cost of buying the card, and the cost of the time to write them, and yet sprinkled over the years, you get a call, an email, or something from someone that says, you know, yet I found your inspirational note you wrote me, and it, I just. I found it, I kept it, it's been two years, and it's still appropriate, it still encourages mm -hmm. me, I look at it from time to time, and thank mm -hmm. you so much for that note. That is a return on investment. Right. And sometimes you got to wait for your return on investment. Uh, so it's really thinking about how are you going to invest that $1440, because you're, how you deliberately do so determines... Um, what you're going to get out of it, mm -hmm. right? Your desired. And so you have to take into consideration your desired return. Like what are you looking for? And then make your choices accordingly. Mm -hmm. We're grateful to be your partners on this journey of moving forward together in wealth, wisdom, and life. Show me the money, honey. You know what? Dollars are important and they're not the be all and end all. We're excited that we've created for you free access to over 503 Life's Inside Track episodes where we get to talk about building wealth, insider tips, making house home, even generational, how to create generational wealth, generational legacy. And so really, you get access to them from home, office, or on the go. So anytime you need it, you can get it. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to discover in this particular episode is that when you're investing, you invest in every way, not just dollars. Like I think most of the time when people hear the word investing, mm -hmm. they think about, especially when they think of Ken and Yetta Decker and investing, <laughs> they think about investing in real estate and making good with their money through investing in real estate. Yeah. Would absolutely. you agree? Yes. And, and yeah. we've done well and we've helped many others do very, very, very well. In that in way. Real estate and yet if the only thing we did was invest in real estate at the loss of the other areas of our life, it would be a miserable life. Absolutely. You know, you hear stories all the time of mm -hmm. someone that has spent their their life building wealth. Yeah. And then if they lose their wife or their family or their spouse, I should say, more more correct, right? Their partner. Or their partner. I think that's even the right their way partner. To say it. If they mm -hmm. if they lose their health, they will spend everything that they've earned to try and get their health back. Right. Whatever medical treatments, however expensive, they'll fly wherever they need to go to try and reinstate that. Mm -hmm. And so investing in in just money. Like is, using money to invest only. Yeah. It's not good. Right. It's not going to help you. I mean, it's a nice extra. That's why in all our stuff, we talk about the five core star areas, right? We talk about mm -hmm. investing spiritually. Those are more areas than ways, but if you don't know where you're investing, you don't know in which ways you're investing either, right? Right. So spiritually, relationally. Do you know I have a bank account that you are unaware of? Actually, you 
you don't realize I call it a bank account, but you know whether it's overdrawn or has surplus in it. You know what kind of bank account that is? That would be called the emotional bank account. Yes. And how do I make deposits into the emotional bank account? Mm -hmm. That might be what someone's saying right now. Because it's not like you go into the bank, you fill out the slip, and you put your money in. Mm -hmm. It's an act of service. It's a caring thought. It's the card, the, the, the sentiment in the card. I learned recently that when you give a Valentine's Day card for Mother's Day and you didn't read the sentiment to realize it, that takes a little withdrawal from the emotional bank account. Right. Fortunately, I had it topped up pretty good. Mm -hmm. Which is fine, right? <laughs> so in what ways can you invest? So I want you to think about it right now. Like even if you're not driving and you're able to grab a notepad or a piece of paper or even your phone, your device, and just to write down in what ways can you as a person invest in the people's lives that are in your in your or in your own being, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's health, like can you invest by going to the gym? Can you invest by going to the grocery store and getting some better food rather than what might be in the cupboards right now? Mm-hmm. You can't walk around not investing is really the point. So in it's not ways? a tech. Right. So in what ways do you deliberately desire to invest? Mm. Mm. Maybe it's to recognize somebody on a day where there is no special occasion. There is no Mother's Day. There is no Valentine's. There's just a choice to acknowledge another person just because they are. I think that's taken way more valuable you know, that emotional bank account, that puts more in the account than if you do it on the day it's expected. Right. Because if you give me a birthday gift on my birthday, I'm kind of anticipating one, even when I say don't bother. <laughs> no, there's a truth. Don't, don't bother. <laughs> you better still bother. Yeah. Yeah. No, not really. I kind of passed it a little bit, but I don't know. I don't know how that would go. So, and yet if it shows up on a day where there's no understanding or expectation of it, it actually will go even further. Yeah. Another way I love to invest, I'm learning to love. Let me rephrase that. I'm learning to love. And that is planning, planning with you even, because if I plan by myself, plan <laughs> out my days, but I don't collaborate with you on the planning, then it kind of falls flat for you. It can. Talk to me a little bit about that, Yetta. Because uh -huh. is that investment powerful when I invest that time with you? Right. Likewise, when I do it with you, right? Like Not it's as. Well, it, you know, that's kind of funny you say that because <laughs> for many, many years, what we both do is we would actually invest in planning. We would both invest in planning, get out our Google cattle calendars or in the earlier days, we had these amazing brown books that we would use and write everything out, plan, and our planning would be in opposition to what the other person had wanted to do or in a separate order. Sometimes because there wasn't any collaboration. Because there was no collaboration. So investing time in planning, whether it's for yourself or whether it's for the family, then obviously include them in the planning has been very valuable. Just like simple little questions like, 
Do, would you like to do, what are three things that you'd love to do? That's one of our favorite questions now. What three things are important for you to do this week? And if we can drill it down to three things, now it's a little easier to plan that rather than my laundry list of a hundred or so. Yeah. Of the incompletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So planning a date night, uh, even a regular, like scheduling it regularly mm-hmm. because if you if you easily forget, easily get distracted by what's going on in your life, right. then creating some consistency where there can be spontaneity inside that consistency. This is when I'm spontaneous. It's a date night. It's a specific time. And now I can become spontaneous on what we do during that time. Right. And then investing just your emotional energy is another way you can invest. How are you going to engage? How are you going to show up? How are you going to be where you are? Yes. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to, if you can expand on that a little bit. The idea that I can be here, but be flat. And what you need me to do is be a little upbeat and gregarious. So if you're funny, I'm funny. And that investment of a way of being actually is another way of investing right so it's kind of like i'm going to be if if i'm going to be relaxed and calm and quiet and contemplative as long as i plan for that that's an that's an investment right yeah it's a way of being that's investing in my rejuvenation so to speak which is important too Mm -hmm. or investing in learning Like if you don't invest in learning, that's one thing. But then if you don't invest the time to be able to apply it, now you're in trouble because you get a return on every way in which you invest. Yeah. So my challenge to you is today, invest 30 minutes in planning what you want to do and with whom you want to do it. Thanks for the privilege of being able to come alongside you because we're passionate about us all being positioned for generational legacy. Do you know the best two days of a boater's life? (laughs) I sure do. It's the day you buy the boat and the day you sell the boat. We're thrilled and honored, actually, that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside families, over 3,117 of them, not only those families that have bought and sold and invested in real estate, but also the families and individuals to help them build their fun, help them build their faith, help them build their finances, and help them strengthen, heal, and flourish in their relationships. So really, 30 years of building life, home, and wealth, Mm -hmm. right? And so what we're going to explore in this episode is how stewardship affects your return on investment. Yeah, exactly. How you steward a thing that you have. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about the definition of steward for a second. It really means you temporarily have management uh, control and use of? responsibility mm-hmm. and use of something, but it's not yours forever. Well, that's because this is a pretty temporal existence that we get. Yeah, you can't take it with you. And somebody said, you never see a U-Haul behind a hearst. Mm-hmm. And I want to do it when I die, by the way. I want you to put a hearst, uh, U-Haul. It can be empty, 
But I want a U-Haul behind my hearse. Well, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm here to tell you right now. Do the hearse not have trailer hitches? No. Oh, and I wouldn't probably because there's nothing worth taking to the grave with you. Right, exactly. So it's all temporal anyway. Yeah. So the steward conversation is how do you steward the temporal things? And then how do you steward the non-temporal things that really become the legacy that you leave behind mm -hmm. and that you impart to people every single day? Right. So let's talk about my boat for a minute. Sure. Really, our boat. Oh, please. Who's kidding who? Your boat. <laughs> How long ago did we buy that boat? It doesn't matter, does it? It does to me. Over 20 years. Over 20 years ago. And the boat brought so much joy when I bought it. You know, we went out on the river. We went with family. We took the kids skiing and we, tubing. Yeah, we and took lots of different other families. families. Yeah. We had a hoot on that thing. And then as the kids grew up, the... Or as your life changed, yeah. really... The, the hassle of putting it in the water, dragging it around, having a vehicle that could tow it, all of that. So it started to spread out how often I would use it, right? And some years we'd use it once, some years we wouldn't use it at all. The last couple years we didn't use it. So now is it good stewardship? Am I getting any return on investment on that? And the answer was no, I'm paying insurance. Uh, I'm, it's getting dirtier. It's getting more worn out just sitting in the driveway. It's actually putting holes in the asphalt where the tires were sitting for two years of the trailer. So it actually became a negative return on investment. It became a thorn in my side. And I think most of the time possessions can do that. Like the things we think we really want that need maintaining in the future become actually a bit of a pain. Right. So a negative yeah. ROI or return yeah. on investment. So the point, what, really what I'm trying to get at is I just recently sold it, sold it to a friend who's going to love it and they have younger children than I do and they're going to get use out of it again. And you and said we might even joy. get more use out of it because we'll go visit them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the beauty here is, well, the beauty in that is it's lovely to sell it to that person. The negative thing was I held on too long. So I was getting a return on investment. And when it in turned... deeper relationship, in family connection, in leisure activity, in, in joy, fun, and fun, in joy. and all that. Yes. Right. And then when that went to a negative return on investment, that is when I should have sold the boat maybe 10 years ago, seven years ago was the right time. Right. So really what we're challenging you to think about right now is what is in your life? What do you own? What are you maintaining? What are you taking care of where the burden of caring for it is actually much greater than the joy that you get from it? Yeah, it might even be your home. Right. We help people sell homes frequently yeah. where the joy has grown out of it because it's too big too much maintenance, too hard to handle, either financially, physically, emotionally, it's time to do a restart. Right. Like 
some of our clients will get the clue or the cue that it's too much because they haven't maintained the things they used to take care of for three or four or five years. And all of a sudden it just, it's a bigger issue. It's a bigger burden. It's a bigger frustration. It's too much. And they don't want to ask the kids or they don't want to hire it out because they're not going to do it as well as they do, which is probably often true. And yet if it's not getting done at all, that's the cue that maybe it's because too great a burden. Mm-hmm. And so we'll often get phone calls at that time, right? So if you're thinking, is this the time for me? I've got some of these cues going on, but I'm not sure if it means anything. You are welcome to pick up the phone. We'll have a, a non-threatening first and non-confronting um, because we're not attached to, no, because we're not attached to what you want to do. But I it's love not what you said be pushy. at first. Well, it sounds like later we will. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I'm really trying to say is so often when people pick up the phone, they think that the only thing a realtor wants to do is get the sale, like sell the house. It means that before you pick up the phone, you have to have your decision made. Not true. I just had one of our clients from almost 30 years ago call recently and say, we're ready. And then when we got there and we sat down, they went, uh, maybe we're not ready. And so they went away. They thought they pondered. They called back and said, we're not ready. We're probably five years away, which is what I already knew when they picked up the phone in the first place. And yet you get, you have to discover that stuff for yourself. So giving yourself the luxury to discover it is also, um, part of the journey, part of the mm. investor journey, giving yourself the luxury of discovery. So, Don't you like that? I do love that. Luxury of discovery. Oh, that's key. Mm. Now, the other area that you want to invest in is kind of your emotional state. And I know when we were first married, we oh. weren't having a great marriage. No, not for many, many years. And part of that was I had a lot of depressive, suicidal tendencies and thoughts. And that stayed with me for many, many years. And eventually I invested so much, both from a a yielding and a surrendering to the Lord, but also investing in who I was going to spend time with, what I was going to read, what I was going to listen to, what I was going to surround myself with, what was I going to do? What would I allow my mind to invest energy into pondering even? Mm. right? Like it was a total choice of an, it was an investment decision more than it was anything else. Not that it had anything to do with money, had everything to do with what I would invest my, well, my mental well-being, emotional well-being. And I haven't struggled with that for many, many years now, but it was a burden. Thank the Lord. Yeah. Even just waking up, not suicidal, but not wait, you know, Mm -hmm. having to force yourself to get you know, um, mm-hmm. excited about the day. Mm-hmm. Don't have to do that anymore. No. Yeah. So what's the quote, my love? My quote is, all you enjoy in life is probably in a degree directly correlated with how you steward what you start with. And we're honored to be your partners on the journey of building wealth and life exponentially. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.